Hey, welcome to Craft Beer Bucket List with Big Ray and Mike, where we review beers you have to try before you die. Hello, everybody. This is Big Ray in a, across the pond over here. Not really a pond, but in another time zone, we have Mike. And welcome to episode four of Craft Beer Bucket List. Yeah, for our fourth episode, we'll be trying Rheingeist Cheetah, which is a lager. I'll be drinking Moorline's Strawberry Pig, a cream ale. And Ray will be drinking Dogfish Head Namaste White, which is a whip beer. So, Ray, do you have your, uh, have you already cracked your Rheingeist beer? I, I have. I am. Uh, I'm excited to try this one, Mike. All right. Well, uh, start taking a few sips um, real, there real quick. Uh, I'll clue us in on the brewery. So Rheingeist Brewing is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, they've been there since 2003, 2013. Sorry. Um, read my notes here. Been there since 2013. They've uh, continuously grown and expanded their footprint uh, their place is very cool. It's an old warehouse. I'm not sure. I know somebody told me at one point. I'm not sure exactly what it used to be. I just, when I went there recently, you know, you go up several, seems like a million flights of stairs to get up to the level where the tap room is. And then you're looking down on some of the equipment. It's really cool. Um, and it's a, an area of Cincinnati that's kind of uh, coming back, so to speak. And uh they're making a lot of great beers around where around the area here. What I'd say is their, you know, their main footprint. They're known mostly for their IPAs and I got several different versions of their IPAs. And then they've got a couple of different beers um, that kind of uh, have also taken off locally, like bubbles and little bub, which are um, pretty darn popular here. Today we're, we're going to try their lager, uh, which is uh, something I've never tried either, to be honest. So I'm pretty pump to get into this well this is a good one to, to get into mike um just right off the bat this reminds me of a, a very traditional uh lager almost like the the mass-produced um beers that some of the big names make but in my opinion this is better um it doesn't taste you know cheap or watered down it has a, a full-bodied flavor to it for a lager uh, this one scores you know six ibus which is right in range, you know, with the logger you want somewhere between five and 10. Um, this, this scores a six, so it's just right where you want it. And uh, this is super easy to drink. And, and I don't want to say that like it's just complete boilerplate language, but if I'm going out with the guys, you know, I want to hang out and watch a game, enjoy some hot wings. I want to have a beer that I can drink three or four of and not feel like all just full and gross. Uh, this is a great beer for that. I can enjoy some, like I said, hot wings, some some pretzels, some chips and sausages, whatever, and have a handful of these and not feel horrible. Yeah, uh, you know, being under 5% ABV, uh, this is also a beer, kind of like you said, like the big name beers. It's also a beer you can uh, drink a few of and still feel uh, like you're not uh, smashed or whatnot. You know, you can drink, you know, a few of these and still feel good. So if you're, you know, you're on the lake have a couple of these and be all right. Or if you're you know, at a barbecue or by the pool or whatnot, whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or if you, you know, just got done mowing the grass and you need something light and refreshing. I mean, this is yes. pretty crisp. It is crisp. Um, and, you know, and I got to circle back to the mass produced stuff. This to me reminds me of a beer or a lager. We would have had 
you know, when I was first old enough to drink and going on 20 years ago, and maybe even before that, but I, I feel like they don't use corn in their mix. Like a lot of people that make lagers tend to do nowadays. Yeah. Um, so they're sticking to more traditional ingredients and it, and it comes through in the flavor and, uh, and even the color that it's a little darker than what I'm used to seeing for a lager. And I, and I kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of you know, like just a light, light, light malt. Um, it poured pretty clear for me. Uh, I know, uh, Ray and I are both are trying this. Like he said, we're in different time zones. It poured pretty darn clear for me. Now the head is nice and white, but it's a, it's a, a pale golden color. Um, I don't want to say pale. I, it's a light golden color and pretty clear. Uh, so it also looks like, you know, it looks like exactly what it is. It's, it looks like it's light and easy, easy to drink. And, uh, I'm telling you like, not too much carbonation in this either. I actually, when I saw how light and crisp it looked, I thought, man, this is going to have a lot of carbonation. Nope. It's right yeah, on no. cue. Yeah, it's, it's another thing I wanted to point out. I'm glad you brought it up because, no, it's not heavy with carbonation. And uh, that's something I enjoy. I don't want to take a sip of my first beer and immediately have the, the beer burps because no one enjoys that. I don't think many people enjoy that. I don't enjoy it. Um, but, no, I've been able to, to go through half of mine already and uh, had no negative impact from the carbs, carbon carbonation rather. I'm getting a light, a light citrus lemony type taste out of it. Yeah, no, I would, I would say that I'm experiencing that as well. And even maybe a, a slight, ever so slight biscuit presence. Hmm. Little bready, little bready. Not at all in a bad way at all. It all goes together. Well, so I'm trying to taste it in different ways, you know, like, like a beer connoisseur should. So bringing it in and leaving it on the tip of my tongue and then on the next drink, you know, keeping it in the back of my mouth. So I kind of hits different parts of the tongue and get the different flavors and kind of pronounce themselves. And how's that working out for you, Mike? You know, I'm getting, I'm kind of getting the same flavor no matter how I do it. Um, I, so it's pretty cold. Um, I'm wondering if the flavors will become a little bit more pronounced as it warms up. Or if the flavor changes a little bit, I'm not sure, but because I've got I, I've got my beer pretty darn cold. I mean, I had it in the fridge right before I cracked it, right when we started. I think I would prefer this one more chilled than warm, just to be honest. Because in my in my experience, yeah. loggers, the flavor profile goes to a direction that I don't like. Yeah, I, oh, I that's usually the case for me cold. too. Yeah, that's usually the case for me too. So I'm actually drinking it. Um, out of a little mug I bought at Goodwill. So this oh, there is you go. Um, in, the, in the style of a German uh, uh, mug, but on the bottom it says made in Japan, which uh, oh. no big deal to me. <laughs> I think I got it for a quarter or something like that at Goodwill, but it's super cute. It's got a older gentleman and his, uh, it looks like his wife sitting by a barrel. Each have a beer on one side. On the other side, it's got a cabin with some woods and whatnot. So, uh, it's a cute little mug. Um, what I liked about this is it's not like perfectly produced. So it's kind of like a weird shape and so it's not like a perfect cylinder or anything like that. You can kind of tell either they really screwed it up when they were making it or it's handcrafted one of the two. <laughs> so that's, but anyhow, and, and I like the can too. I was going to talk a little bit about Rheingeist. Their branding is done pretty well. So they got this little skull and uh, I would look up the label. I don't know exactly how to, to describe it, but, the can art is pretty simple, straightforward, and I think it works well for them. No, I would I would agree. 
um, you know, like the three gold stripes that go across to me is, is pretty cool. And the, the logo in the middle, you know, I'm showing my age and that's fine, but it kind of reminds me of the old Atari logo. Hmm. Yeah. You know, with this cool little teardrop skull on it. So overall, I like it. It's simple. It's easy, ident- easily identified. And uh, yeah, I can, I can work with that. Yeah, so on the back of the can, it kind of describes Cheetah Lager. Pure, crisp, clean, blissful simplicity. Savor this moment. All we have and all we need is now. Feel free and therefore you are free. Yeah, I go. like that. Yeah. It's a cool message. Yeah. All right, man. Are you on to your second one yet? Uh, no, I'm just pulling um, out my uh, <coughs> my bottle. So this one uh, is, is a little different. And, uh, you know, we talked about this just for a minute before we started recording, Mike. It's like, I wonder if, you know, everybody out there understands why most of our craft beer that we enjoy comes in cans versus bottles. Um, I thought about that because my next beer, the the Dogfish Head Namaste White is, is bottled, um, which strikes me as a little odd for a, a craft beer. But um, you, the brewer, I thought it'd be good for you to to share that with the folks that maybe, you know, don't know or don't understand why most of our craft beer is canned. So, yeah. So I think that everybody might have a little bit different uh, opinion on this. So I don't want to say I'm the expert by any means, but I think the the biggest thing is the cost of entry into canning versus bottling is changing a little bit for a long time. Can or for a long time, bottling was just a, a lower cost of entry. And with the change of the crowler machines and these little bit more, more what I would call mobile canning units, whether that's mobile as far as a, you know, a third party coming in or mobile as in it's a small unit inside a specific brewery, can, the cost of entry for canning has just gone down tremendously. So I think that's probably one of the bigger things I would consider, um, <coughs> excuse me, I would consider when thinking about that. The other part of it is, is, you know, in, this is where, you know, there's different opinions on it because a lot of people say, I prefer my beer in a bottle versus I prefer my, you know, beer in a can and whatnot. They get, they do different things with cans these days where they can, you know, different liners and different types of things within the can. Uh, Canning is, uh, you know, made from aluminum, so it's recyclable and a lot of people recycle cans and whatnot. So I think overall the thinking, the line of thinking is just that it's better for the beer because they can make cans a certain way and, uh, for certain uh, temperatures and whatnot. And it's better for the environment just because it's reci- so easily recyclable uh, and it's easy to get cans made from recycled products. I think that's, See, I, you know, go ahead. What? No, I'm going to say, and that's a, that's a big part for me that I like. Sure. It has sure. A... I think, and, you know, and with that, the other part that they really consider is, uh, you know, people talk about the two bad, two bad things are for beer. Two things are bad for beer, heat and light. Um, and, and I would argue that light is actually worse for beer than heat. So, uh, you know, when you have skunk beer, I would say most of the time it's about that beer being exposed to light. So if you got a bottle, whether it's brown or, you know, brown bottles are the most popular, then you got green and clear, um, like Miller high life, I think is in a clear bottle. So those, those are three different beer, you know, three different bottle types and light can penetrate all of those. Whereas light, it's harder for light to penetrate a can. And uh, I, I'm sure and I'm not the only one out there that's, uh, you know, had a, a can of beer that's either set out for a very long time or maybe you forget it's in your car or whatever. Most of the time you can stick that in the fridge and drink it and it'll be, it'll taste okay. 
not perfect, but okay. Whereas still be if okay. you leave a bottle of beer in, you know, in the sun or in the heat or whatnot, it's a completely different story. So it's going to be gross. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, and not saying that a, a beer in a can can't go bad, but it's just easier for a beer in a bottle to have that skunked flavor or that skunkiness. Um, on the other hand, some people say that aging a bottle, aging beer in a bottle, uh, is, you know, can be the best way to do it. And, uh, so, you know, there's different theories out there. I don't mind drinking out of a can. I think my beer tastes better out of a can personally. And then I think the glassware you drink it out of. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of having different glassware. I think everybody may know that by now, if you follow us on the social medias, but I think glassware makes a big difference my, for myself. And I know they've got different glassware for different beers, but I would say if you want to taste the beer that it was supposed to be taste tasted or how it's supposed to taste and all that, get the right glassware. Yeah. The right glassware is important. I mean, me being a, a more casual drinker and I drink beer all over the country. Um, so where I've tried hundreds of beers, I'm not a refined, you know, connoisseur, but I, I like to drink out of different goofy glasses, Mike. And I think that might upset some people when they start seeing more photos of Mike come out. Like, why is he drinking that out of a margarita glass? It's well because I can put her fruit on the edge and I can. And so I decide to enjoy it. And I'm sure it's not if it's a beer that's designed for a snifter. Um, that's so it's gonna, Someone's going to cringe when they see that. But at the end of the day, it's fun for me. And uh, I've got to put my personality in what I do. So I hope I don't offend anybody with doing that. But uh, that's that's just me. That's big. No, I think I think most of craft beer is having fun. I mean, are you going to get a little bit different notes getting a, a beer in a snifter or a Belgian tulip or anything like that? Shh, you, you might, right? Um, unless you're, you know, a high level Cicerone, most of the time, it's probably not going to matter that much. So, you know, I tell people all the time when we're talking about beer, whether it's uh, at a brewery or in a meeting or whatnot, like, you know, drink, drink beer, how you want to drink it. Uh, it's not supposed to be uh, an endeavor. It's not supposed to be a chore. It's supposed to be fun. Right. So I'm sitting here drinking my beer out of a 25 cent Goodwill mug that's deformed that you know, <laughs> has terrible artwork on it. Why? Because I think it's funny. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Dude. That's a, that, and again, I, I'm with you. I think that's the way it should be. Like right now I'm drinking my, my dogfish head straight out of the bottle because uh, sometimes I just want a beer right out of the bottle. Like last episode, I wanted it right out of the can. I don't always want to pour it into something. I want to enjoy it just in its native state. Yeah. Tell, tell us about your beer and your brewery, man. So, uh, you know, dog, dogfish head is a uh, no stranger um, to the scene. I think they opened in the early to mid nineties. I want to say 93 or 94. I'll have to look that up to, to see how close I am. Um, but they, they make a ton of beer, you know, hundreds of thousands of barrels annually. Um, so you don't get to that level without making a solid product. And uh, this Namaste white is, uh, it's right up there. Um, you know, for me, the pinnacle of IPAs is the dogfish head 120 minute IPA. It's just like, Oh my gosh. So good. Um, but this that's is where uh, we it's disagree. A, yeah, so I know we we talked about that before. <laughs> um, but again, my my taste bros, my taste buds really like that. Um, this Belgian I prefer style your taste beer, bros. That's a lot better. My taste bros. Yeah, dude, I, I love that. Um, but no, this Belgian style, you know, wit beer, white ale. Um, this is nice. It has like some nice citrusy notes. Um, you know, it's I would love to just sound like I know everything about everything, but they put right on the label. Um, it's brewed with dried orange flesh and peel. 
They use some lemongrass, a bit of coriander, peppercorns, and a healthy dose of good karma. So I don't know what a healthy dose of karma actually amounts to, <laughs> but I think they put in just the right amount. So I've never had this beer. How does it taste? Um, it's. I had to pause to take another drink. No, so uh, I've only had a handful of wit beers. Um, so it's. It has a, a unique beer flavor. It's uh this is another one. I, I, I say easy to drink a lot. Um, but in the mouthfeel, I would say it's, you know, quenching and, and kind of zesty. I mean, you could definitely tell the, the lemongrass and the orange peel really come together. Um, there's a nice balance of, you know, it's the, again, the citrus and, uh, maybe some sweet malt notes. Um, there's some subtle, you know, clove and coriander, maybe more coriander than clove. Um, and it even comes through in the aroma, um, so I, I, it all comes together, you know, for me very well. Uh, definitely full of flavor, and uh, I, I'm enjoying this. So easy, easy for me to put this on the the list of beers to try before you die. Well, one thing about Dogfish Head is earlier this year, um, I don't know if I'd call it an acquisition or a merger or whatever, but they are now together with Boston Beer Company or Sam Adams. That's a big deal. Yeah, and and we had. Uh, what beer was that that I had recently of Sam Adams? I forget now, but it's funny to me because you're drinking uh, a wit beer, and one of Sam Adams, one of my favorite Sam Adams uh, beers is is their wit beer. It's called Cold Snap, and it'll come out in uh, late winter, early spring, and and it's a really good beer. I mean, I like it a lot. So, in this one for me, Mike, this is going to be a, another just like the the Cheetah we just enjoyed. This is another sessionable experience. I feel like I could drink a handful of these and still be safe to drive. Um, I can. I, I feel like I could have a few of these and and not get that you know bloated feeling, or uh, or get you know a, a burned out on the flavor. It has a, a a nice depth of flavor to it that it makes you want to drink more. But I feel like I could have a few and again just not be not be burned out or feel yucky, if you will. That Very bloated cool. feeling. Well, uh, as you keep drinking, I'm going to dive into mine. Do it, Mike. So I'm excited. You know, we talked about um, the Moorline Lager House, I think, in episode one or two. And I'm glad to see that you brought, you know, one of their beers onto the show. Yeah, so uh, I'm drinking their Strawberry Pig. And on the what's funny is on the can, it says limited release can series. Um, but I'll be honest, I think I've seen this available ever since I've moved to this area-ish. Let's see, it's 4 point... I'm just reading off the can for a second. It's 4.9% ABV. Um, it is... So a little bit about Moreline, I guess, is it's in Cincinnati, Ohio. So it's another, just like uh, Ryan guys, it's also a Cincinnati beer. And I tell you, I, I tend to like these Rust Belt City breweries. I'd like... I like the Rust Belt City grittiness, and I, I don't know if I may have talked about that before because um, I, I have a mad respect for the blue collars folks, you know what I mean? But I like the grittiness but, uh, of the city. So typically, and you get it with Ryan Geis and Moreland, Moreline, Moreline, Moreland, however you say their name, you get it with both of their breweries. <coughs> Excuse me. This one has a strong, strong aroma of strawberries 
when I pour it, it's uh, a light cloudy yellow gold. So it's not oh, pouring pink or red like one may think. You That's smell a little it, different. You, think you smell the strawberries, hits you pretty hard in the nose. You pour it, it doesn't look the same. It is a cream ale. So, you know, it's it's got the flaked corn uh, base to it. It's smooth. It's not overly carbonated. I like it. I wouldn't say it's great. I think that if you're sitting out in the hot sun and you've got this nice and cold beer, it would be pretty darn good. This is not one I would put on my bucket list, I think. And nothing really? against it. It may be good for some folks. The strawberryness is just a little overpowering for me. I feel you like... See from, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, I'm not trying to run you over here. No, I was going to say, it, it, it reminds me of buying like a cheap box wine, almost. That kind of, you know how the cheap box wines, and nothing against that, they all have their place. I've drank plenty of cheap box wine, folks. <laughs> but that's what, you know, how it has a strong, almost an artificially type flavor to it. And that's kind of what I'm getting out of this. And I feel bad for not liking this because I wanted to. No, the, the thing is, you, you brought up that it's a cream ale and it has a, a very strong, you know, strawberry aroma. I think that people should try it. This is so different from the ordinary that even if you don't like it, you should totally say that you tried it. You know what? It, I, you're absolutely right. In all honesty, it is very different. Um, and I know some people, you know, they'll strike out and want to try those different things. And even if it's got mixed reviews, get a hold of it and just say, I'm going to give my review. I want to try it. It's not bad. I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's bad because it's not. It's not, you know, now that I've had it, I'm not sure I'll drink it again. You know, with the Cheetah Lager or some of the other beers we've had on the podcast so far, if I'm out and about, I might have them. This one probably would look to see if there's something different. Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't speak to your taste, bros, but you've expanded your knowledge base. You know for a fact that you don't like certain things now that you might not have known otherwise. And I think that just makes you a more well-rounded enjoyer of craft beer yeah i like the taste bros <laughs> the taste bros yeah no you know and so I've, I've had a couple more drinks of it um i i will say it's grown on me a little bit so i'm not gonna lie about it it's getting better it's under five percent as well so i mean i think that it can easily you can drink one of these and get everything you need out of it i i wonder so you know it's one of those beers that i wonder this would be a good beer if they had different uh, fruit flavors. So if they could do like strawberry pig and blueberry pig and some other stuff like that and have a six pack of, you know, different flavors, that would probably work pretty well. Right. I can see that. Uh, you know, buying a six pack of strawberry pig may take me a while to get through. But, you know, like I said, if they had a six pack and, you know, every one of the beers had a different, you know, flavor profile to it, I think that might work better. Because the cream ale, the cream ale, I, man, the cream ales are so smooth, so, um, you know, like a creaminess without like a, the lactose or anything. Like they're, they're a good quality type of beer. It's a good beer style. 
but they also pair well with a lot of the fruits. So I feel like this is something you could do, you know, take the cream ale and work with different fruit in it. And I think they'd work well with most fruits. I can see that. And you know, Mike, I just had this thought and I, and I absolutely hope this doesn't come across the wrong way at all, but I wonder <laughs> if um, the ladies out there listening to this have tried this beer in a, or one like this and it maybe this was, you know, crafted to speak to uh, to the female palate instead of a, a couple of guys like us. And maybe that's one to maybe be enjoyed on a picnic with friends or an outing with friends. You know, you go out in the afternoon, you go to the park, you bust out one of these beers instead of, you know, that box of Franzia or whatever else. And uh, you have some fresh fruits or something. And maybe it's meant, you know, or brewed more to cater to those, you know, flavors. And uh, our female friends out there who also enjoy craft beer. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and and I don't want to assume certain people have certain taste buds, but, you know, there's also science behind some of this that certain people like certain things which is also you know like we talked about Rheingeist earlier they have one called bubbles um which is a the i want to say the flavor is similar or different i'm just saying usually in the same realm of flavor profiles people like certain things so i i'll say this try it and if you like it you like it you know yeah the good, the good thing about any of the beers we've had so far is uh none of them have been what I would call pour out beers where I just, eh, I'll pour this one out. None of them. And that's a good thing. And that's a, you know, even if there's, there's, there's a a ton of beers I've had out there that didn't speak to me, but I'd still recommend to somebody else to at least try because yeah, it's uh, not like you said, I like that term. It's not a pour out beer. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say about this is, you know, you talk about the different uh, people may like this. It's a little bit more carbonated. So it may have a little bit more of that champagne or a sparkling wine type flavor profile to it or the mouthfeel. And I think there's a different type of folks that might like that a little bit more. They can see that. Yeah. And it's pretty, it's a, you know, it's a pretty dry finish on the backside. So there's not a lot of lingering stuff. It's, or, you know, it's sweet up front and dry in the back. So I think that if you like those type of flavors coming through and all that, you'd probably like it. So, and, and so before, before we kind of move on, the, uh, the, the, I want to talk about the can art a little bit. It's got a, it's got a big old pig on it, man, with some strawberries floating around. Um, it's one of those things that you don't, I, I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen another beer named after a pig, which is kind of funny. That's not what I'd expect, but you know, if the shoe fits. If so it it's, fits. A, it's a pretty cute can. You know, it's one of those things that immediately draws your eye because it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's fun. And I like that too. And, Beyond, like I said earlier, beyond all else, it's all about having fun and enjoyment. And uh, this can definitely is having a little fun. It's got the pig smiling on the front of it. And it's a strawberry pig. Yay. So definitely even that, you know, strawberries are synonymous with summertime. And uh, just that nice, cool, refreshing flavor. So I wonder if maybe, Mike, we're, we're, we're trying this at just the wrong time of year. I say we. I don't have one in front of me. It may just be the wrong time of year to really get the, the full benefit out of it. I mean, that may be true. Um it's, you know, here it's, it was in this low seventies, I think today. So it's starting to cool down and this is definitely something I think would be better, uh, tasted, you know, when it's warm outside and it's, and it's nice and cold and I'm drinking it nice and cold. Don't get me wrong, but you know, have it nice and cold and go outside and pop it on a nice summer day. 
Well, have, uh, have you finished? Have you wrapped up your uh, namaste? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed every last drop I could get out of this bottle, and I am I'm so satisfied. You know, I finished the the cheetah lager, and uh, and also my namaste white, and I feel good. Um, so I I don't have that that bloated feeling, like you said, the right amount of carbonation, fantastic flavors overall, and even these two beers together they paired well. Now sometimes you'll you'll switch beers. And you kind of get like just a, a grody taste in your mouth, if you will. And I didn't experience that with either one of these. Um, and uh, I can appreciate that. So, so would you, overall, uh, good night for me. Yeah. Would you put both the beers on a, a bucket list? Oh, absolutely. I would. Sweet. No, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to be nice. And I'm going to, I'm going to give in a little bit to Ray here. I must say both of my beers you should put on your bucket list. I don't know of another beer that's like this strawberry cream ale. And because I don't know of another beer that's going to be like that, I think it should be on your list. The Cheetah Lager, I think, is just a pretty solid lager. I think if you've got it around, you'll enjoy it. So it's also a beer you need to try before you die. Outstanding. All right, so again, another solid lineup uh, tonight, Mike. I appreciate that. So I think this is the time of the show where we invite all of our listeners to follow us on social media. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, be sure to drop some comments. Let us know what the what you think of the beers, if you've experienced the same flavors that we have, or if you want to recommend a beer for us to try before we die. Um, that's one thing I love about social media, the interaction with the listeners. Uh, be sure to give this podcast a thumbs up. And remember, you can find us anywhere that you download your podcasts. So be sure to give us a thumbs up here as well and share with your family and friends. And uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. and look forward to... Uh, talking to y'all again on episode five all right man i'll see you on episode five cheers all right cheers later on guys have a good day